should love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this. Amen. We're singing that hymn, Oh, How I Love Jesus. And uh, because he first loved me, that's why I love him. And uh, certainly no merit of my own. I did not deserve his love. I am not worthy of the sacrifice that he made in my own eyes. But somehow, in the eyes of God, we were worth it. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And um, thank God for his grace. Numbers chapter 14 is where we're going to begin this morning. Numbers chapter 14. Again, let me say uh, thank you for uh, your support of our ministry and praying for us and your friendship and uh, having us back again this year. And we always look forward to this. This is a, this is a highlight for us. It really is. And um, thank you for just uh, welcoming us in, as you always do, and just looking forward to the week. You know, we want, we want God to speak to us in these days. And uh, what I have to say is not really important, but what God has to say is of utmost importance. And so pray, pray in these days. Pray. I think uh, uh, maybe a lot of times what, what happens is uh, we can easily get the mindset of, okay, a preacher's coming in and he's going to bring the presence of God and he's going to bring the power of God and he's going to bring the messages. Um, all of us are dependent upon the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and your prayers will help in these meetings. They'll help you, but they'll also help others. And so be faithful to pray and take a little time. Listen, a lot of times I think we we feel like, well, I don't have an hour to give to prayer, so I'm just not going to pray. Take some time to pray and be in a spirit of prayer and attitude of prayer throughout the week. It's amazing what the Lord will do for those who are looking for him to work and have a spirit of expectation and faith. Uh, uh, Numbers chapter 14 Numbers chapter 14, and I invite you to stand as we read our text this morning, just a few verses, and then you can be seated. Stand if you're able. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, we're just going to read a few verses to begin here this morning. Numbers 14 and verse 22. Numbers 14, verses 22 down through verse 24. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath holy or hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. I want to preach a little while this morning on another spirit. What is this spirit that is with Caleb that the others did not have? I want us to look at it for a little while. 
uh, this morning together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you, God, for your grace upon us. Lord, as we approach uh, the preaching time, Lord, we know that you have set a premium upon this time and this activity. And Lord, it's not because of, of us, uh, Lord, but because it is your word that is of utmost importance. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, as you have chosen this means to deliver truth to hearts and lives, God, that you would be pleased to uh, send your spirit now to speak to our hearts. In our hearts, dear God, I pray that we would have an open and receptive mind and heart to receive the word of God. And Lord, give us understanding. Father, guide us into the truth as you promised you would. And Lord, help us to be willing to follow you into the truth that you have for us today. Lord, there are needs in every heart in this place. God, I pray we'd let that sink in, that each and every one of us have needs before you today. God, I pray that you would help us to understand and to, to know and believe that you can meet the needs of our heart in this time, in this place, with your word. God, I pray now that we'd come humbly before you to receive what you have prepared for us. God, I pray that all glory and praise would go to Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain for us. And Lord, I pray that we would grow in our faith. And Lord, I pray for anyone who may be here today unsaved. God, would you speak to their hearts and draw them by your spirit. Help them to trust you. Be born again today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. <coughs> the story that we're reading about is the account of uh, the children of Israel being delivered from Egyptian bondage. Uh, they've been brought out. The Bible says that they might bring them in. The Lord has a, an intended place he wants them to be. And uh, they have come now to the, the brink of the promised land. And they have concocted this plan. It was not, listen, it was not the Lord's plan. But it was the people's plan to send 12 spies into the land to view the land and, uh, and to come back and bring a report back to the people. And so uh, 12 uh, elders, 12 men of the tribes of, of Israel are sent into the land of Canaan to spy it out. And uh, they come back with their report, and you read about their report in chapter 13. And then you read the outcome of their report in chapter 14, the response to the report. And you know the story, 12 went in, and they all came back, and uh, the Bible says that 10 of them, 10 of the men, brought back an evil report upon the land. But two of the men brought back a good report. You say, what, do you, what made their report evil or what made their report good? Well, 10 of the men came back saying, this is what we think. And two of the men came back saying, this is what God says. And uh, the 10 who said, we think uh, this land, it's a good land, just like God said, it's flowing with milk and honey, just what God said, and all of these things. But nevertheless, is the word they use in chapter 13, 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Basically, their report is, 
It's everything God said it would be, but we can't have it. The other two men, they come back and they say, it's everything God said it would be, and we can't have it. And so these, this is the, the story that we have read our text in. This is what's going on. And the Lord uh, dis- declares in these verses, these ten men that have seen his glory and seen the miracle, and really the entire congregation he's addressing here. He said they all seen, uh, they've all seen these things and they have failed to believe me. And so they're not going to go into the land of promise. They're going to die in the wilderness. Do you know something about those ten men in particular that I think sometimes we overlook and we forget about? They died this day. God killed them this day. Serious to take God at his word. And it's serious to slander God's word. And so, and so but, but the congregation, they believed the ten, and so they followed their bad counsel, and they decided we can't go into the land of promise. And so the Lord says, okay, if you're not going to take me at my word, this is what, I'm, this is what your future is going to be. You're not going to enter into the land of promise, except for Caleb... And Joshua. And I've, I want to focus in on Caleb here this morning and for the next few days and this spirit that was with Caleb. You say, well, what was this spirit? Well, Hebrews chapter 3, look at Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll get a little bit uh, more of what God's view is of the people and what's going on in these, in these days. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in verse number 7. If you're there, say amen. Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Which day is it? Well, verse 9 is going to tell us. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. In departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. When, you're, when we're trying to discover what this other spirit is that Caleb has, you have to look at what characterized the rest of them. Because they, the Lord says Caleb had another spirit. So that means they had a spirit. And we see here that this spirit is an evil heart of unbelief. They had a spirit of unbelief when it came to the word of God. Now listen, you say, well, this is basic preacher. All of us believe the Bible or we wouldn't be here. You know what I found out? There are those who call themselves Bible believers, but they are not Bible livers. Yeah. 
And if you're not a Bible liver, then you're not really a Bible believer. Because belief, when you have belief, a confident belief in something, you, you order your life according to that belief. You wake up in the morning, you look at the weather forecast, it says rain. You know what you do? You pick up your umbrella, if you have one. If you're like me in my house, we can never find an umbrella. But you grab your umbrella, you grab your rain jacket. Why? Because you believe what you read, or you believe what you saw, and therefore you act upon that which you believe. Is that right? How many of you called AAA before you went to your car and started it up this morning? If you did, it's because you did not believe your car was going to start. Is that right? You didn't do that. You just figured your car was going to start. So you went out there in faith. You took the key. You got in the car. You stuck the key in. You turned it. And it started. And you're here. What happened? You believed something, and so you ordered your life according to that belief. We say that we believe the Bible, and we say that we believe the truths of the Word of God, but are we living according to that belief? Caleb, listen, what Caleb had was a spirit of faith. This other spirit that was with him, God's spirit was leading his spirit in a, in a, in a way of faith, in the path of faith in God's Word. Look at, uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible's going to define exactly what we're talking about here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And look at verse number 13. We, having the same, what? Spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed. And therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. See, faith, sometimes we think, well, faith is an action. Before faith is an action, it is an attitude. And that attitude leads us to take action. And we need, listen, what we need in these days is we need a revival of the spirit of faith in God's word. Listen, God's word, God's way will still get the job done. This spirit of faith, we need to trust God and take him at his word. You know what Caleb did? Caleb just ordered his life according to the will of God. He made his plans based on what God said. You know, people, oh, they always talk about, well, uh, you know, hope for the best and for the worst. What an unbiblical maxim. So what do you mean, preacher? I'm saying this, trust in God's word, and there are many, many promises in the word of God, and, and, and we need to live our lives not based on uh, what the world seems like it's going to be doing in the next whatever time frame, but based upon what the Word of God has to say. Caleb had a spirit of faith. 
And this, this faith caused him to take action and trust what God had said to make plans for the future based on God's word. They came to the land of promise. They're looking around. Isn't it amazing? These, these ten spies that turned away from the word of God. Everything that God had told them about the land was accurate. Everything. And yet, they failed to trust everything that God had said. Oh, I believe the Bible, preacher. I believe the Bible. Well, when it takes, listen, when it, when it comes home and it causes us to have to take action, that's when we really know whether we believe the word of God. The nation, listen, the nation had come out of Egypt by placing faith in what God had said. That, uh, that night, that, that Passover night, when it was instituted in Egypt, God said every household needs a lamb. And you've got to take, you got to slay that lamb and you've got to take the blood and you've got to strike it upon the doorpost. I like what the Bible says. I like Bible words. Amen. The Lord was stricken for us. He, he didn't say, he didn't say uh, place it on the, on the doorpost. And I'm like, it says strike it. A picture of Christ uh, stricken for us, smitten for us on the cross. And so they, they gather together and they, they put that, they, they struck those doorposts with the, with the blood. Because the Lord had said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Listen, this morning, nothing else will do. It's got to be the blood. And so, and so they say, okay, well, let's, we, we're going to have to do this. If we get out of Egypt, if we want to escape death, we're going to have to strike the doorpost with the blood. And so, and so they did this, and they trusted God's word to that point. And as I said earlier, he didn't just, uh, he didn't just uh, uh, save them from death that night, but he delivered them from Egypt. And when we get saved, it's not just a deliverance from uh, hell. It's a changing of the heart. It's a cleansing from sin. And it's making one a new creature in Christ. Amen. And so they had that. They, they came out of Egypt. And they had this record of what God says is true is true. And yet now they come to the precipice of God's will for their life. And that's what the, listen, that's what the land of Canaan represents for us, the will of God. He said, I, taught, I brought you out of Egypt that it might bring you into the land of promise. This is God's will. This is God's design. This is God's plan for their lives. Listen, when we got saved, God's given us a plan. Hey, I want you to live holy and righteously, live in victory. And how many believers, listen, we've trusted Christ to save us and to get us out of Egypt and to save us from hell. Now we need to trust Christ that he can take us into that land of promise, into his will to live in victory. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take the spirit of faith. During the course of Caleb's life and Joshua's life, life, 
they're going to see everyone around them that they knew, that they grew up with, they're going to see every one of them die off in the wilderness. They are even going to witness their leader, the man that God used to get them out of Egypt, Moses, the man of God. What a great man. But they're going to watch him pass off the scene. He's going to go up to meet with God and not come back. And God's going to bury him. They don't even know what became of him. They just know he's done. He's gone. Everyone around them that they grew up with is gone. All their elders that they looked up to in, in life as they grew up, they're all gone. But you know what they still understand? We still have a God in heaven. The one who delivered us with a mighty hand and brought us through this land and he will bring us in. The spirit of faith. What is faith? Faith is defined as belief. The ascent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another. I want you to think about that. It's kind of a long sentence. So I'm going to read it again. The ascent of the mind. That's the agreement of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another. So someone else is, is doing the talking and you're doing the listening and the believing. That's faith. But that's not all of what faith is. It goes on to say this. Resting on his authority and veracity without other evidence. Well, that last phrase, that's what gets us, doesn't it? Basically, that's a lot of big words to say this. You hear somebody say something and you believe it without someone else confirming it. That is faith. Well, when it comes to the word of God, who said it? God said it. So why is it that we have to go to science or we have to go to Washington or we have to go to our own knowledge and understanding we have to go to history. We have to go to this and that. And the other. No, if we have God's word, we have enough. If you're, listen, if you're pairing the word of God with something else before you believe it, it is not faith. Well, that's just blind faith. No, it's not. It's seeing what others can't see. It's trusting the word of God and saying, I'm just going to take God at his word. That's what Caleb did. I think, you know, we, 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 we get so wrapped up in this, you know, well, you know, you know, there was more emphasis on works in the Old Testament, more emphasis on faith in the New Testament. No, 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 no. You want to read Hebrews chapter 11? It's been faith since the beginning that God has rewarded. By faith, Abel. Brought a sacrifice. God 
recognized his sacrifice and God rewarded him because of the faith that was in his heart. Noah, Abraham, all of these, uh, all of these uh, heroes of the faith. God's always rewarded faith. That's always what he's been looking for. He wants men and women to hear his word and say, you know what? I believe that. I'm going to trust that. You know why Adam and Eve got in trouble in the garden? They didn't believe what God said. The battle, we say the battle's always been over the word of God, and it has. It has. But it's mankind's response to the word of God is where the battle is. Listen, God said, listen, all the trees of the garden, eat any of it, except one. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not that God was so restrictive. All these trees, you can eat all of them, just one. People say, there's all these rules. If there weren't so many rules. God had one rule. One rule. In a perfect environment. And man still messed it up. How did he mess it up? He didn't believe God. He's always wanted us just to hear his word. And take him at his word. We need to have a predisposition to faith. You know, the, the, one, one of the things that characterizes the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those guys in the New Testament, all those enemies of Christ in the New Testament, they all did not have a predisposition to faith. They had a predisposition to criti uh, criticism. They had an evil eye. Always looking for things wrong. Listen, I'm not saying take everything at face value. I'm just saying take God's word at face value. Amen. Man, you travel like we do, and you, and you learn, man, I got to be careful who I trust. Got precious little ones. I got to be careful who I trust. You be wise, parents. Be careful who you trust. Just because they're wearing a suit and tie doesn't mean you can trust them. Just because they're in the church house doesn't mean you can trust them. But let me tell you, 100% who and what you can trust, you can trust that book. You can trust God. Caleb, listen, Caleb just said, you know, God said it. Yeah, but didn't you see this? Didn't you see the giants? Didn't you see this? And, and man, are you blind? See, that's why they call us blind. That's why they call it blind faith. Because it seems like we're ignoring all the obstacles. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. Because it does not matter what you throw at us. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
The spirit of faith says God is bigger. God is stronger. God is wiser. God knows best. And God will bring us through. I, I got a friend of mine. He's a dear friend. I love him. But the only time I ever hear from him is, well, did you see what they're doing in Washington? Here's another article. Here's this, here's that. Man, I don't even read it anymore. I don't even open the articles. I don't read them. You know why? It's just saying, look at the giants. Look at the problems. Look at the hardships. Look at an uncertain future. Why would I want to focus on an uncertain future when I have a very certain future in this book? I can't handle all that stuff. Maybe y'all can handle it. I don't know. I felt it get a little tight here. It's nobody here sending me that stuff. But maybe, maybe that gets sent around. I don't know. Maybe this message right here is just for you. Hey, stop paying attention to the news and get in the book. Well, I want to stay up to date on things. That book's up to date on things. Amen. Feeling a little preach enter in me now. Caleb just believed the, he believed the word of God. Do we have the Bible or do we not have the Bible? Is this the word of men or is it in truth the word of God? What is it? It's the word of God. So let's just take it. Let's just live by it. Let's just believe it. Let's just receive it. Say, well, I'm, you know, my faith is just kind of weak. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fill your mind, fill your heart, fill your life, fill your home with the word of God and watch your faith grow. The majority have an unbelieving spirit. That's sad, isn't it? You look at all those people that came out of Egypt. Every one of them that came out of Egypt were saved by the blood of the Lamb. Is that right? Amen. Don't go dead on me here. They were all saved by the blood of the Lamb. And, and, and estimations are made. We don't know the exact number. They say probably around 2 million. 2 million uh, Israelites came out of Egypt. I think we know there was like 600,000 men of war. Is that right? Is that the number? Five or 600,000? Come on, you Bible scholars, help me out. I know I'm in a Bible-believing church. You guys read your Bible, right? Whoa, man, that was weak. So, so maybe 2 million people come out of Egypt. Of those, listen, of, of those two million, I don't know how many would be over 20, but the majority. The majority be over 20. Out of that majority of two million people, two, two, not 2,000, not 200, two. Make it into Canaan. Was Canaan God's will for just two or for two million? Come on. 
Now listen, that does two things to me. Number one, it kind of discourages me. I'll just be honest with you. But you know what else it does? It challenges me. You know what I know? I don't have to be with the 1,999,998. Did I get that right? I can be one of the two. You say, how can, how can you be so confident that you can be one of the two? Because I know how they got there. And it wasn't because they were strong. And it wasn't because they were wise. It wasn't because they were rich. It was because they heard what God said and they said, we believe that. You know what? If it took wisdom, we wouldn't all make it. We wouldn't all have the opportunity to make it. If it took riches, if it took strength, if it took this and that and the other thing, all these qualifications, there'd be a whole group of us that wouldn't even have the opportunity to get there. But my brothers and my sisters, all it takes is faith. You know what you can do? You can faith it. Amen. I love kids. You probably knew that already, didn't you? But I love kids. Now, let me tell you something I love especially about kids. They just are good at faith. They're really good at faith. Matter of fact, they're so good at faith, you've got to protect them. Right? But listen, I try to teach our kids, you know, I want to protect them. Just don't believe everything you hear or everything you see or everyone that you meet. But at the same time, you know what I'm trying to pour into them? You can believe everything God says. You can believe everything in that Bible. As you're getting wiser, don't get harder. Don't get more cynical when it comes to the Word of God. Just say, the Bible says it. I'm going to believe it. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 again and... and, and and, and we'll wrap it up with this for this morning. 2 Corinthians 4, look again at verse number 13. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I, what? Believed. You know what that is? That's just saying, you know what? I just, I just saw where it was written and I said, that's true. According as it is written, I believed. You know, that's what God's looking for in these days. He's looking for men and women and young people and kids who just say, God said it. That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Have you read the news? No. Have you seen what's going on in Washington? Who wants to see that? Have you seen the next big thing that's coming along? The next big thing that's coming along for me is Jesus in the clouds. <laughs> He's the next big thing. 
And whatever happens between uh, now and that time, it's all going to get worked out. The Lord's all go- He's going to take care of all of it. It's going exactly how He says in His Word. Men are waxing worse and worse, and you're not going to legislate that away. You're certainly not going to change it by your worrying and your fretting and your sharing. Hey, let's just get back to old-fashioned faith in the Word of God and say, listen, if God wants this for my life, if He wants it for my family, if He wants it for our church, then He will supply it. All we've got to do is take hold of the Word of God and say, I believe what you said to me. How's your spirit? How's your spirit? Is it a spirit of faith? Is it a spirit of faith? Do you have a predisposition to the Word of God when you read it? You just say, well, that's true. And my dad had that. He still has that. He just opens the... He just... He, just, he got saved in 1972. He was a Roman Catholic. He got saved and the, and, 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 the, and, and the lady that led him to the Lord said, you need to be in church on Sunday. Guess what he did? He went to church. In 2023, we'd be shocked. Oh, so he went to church after they got saved? They just showed him in the Bible. You ought to assemble together with other believers. He didn't even know what all that meant, but he did it. It was in the Bible. He's sitting in church Sunday morning. The preacher gives the announcements. We have service uh, uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. Guess what he did? He went back to church Sunday night. He gave him the announcement Sunday night. We got prayer meeting Wednesday night. Guess what he did? He hasn't even been saved a week. And he's at church three times. We went to church Wednesday night, prayer meeting. And Dad said, I did notice the crowd was smaller, but I didn't really think too much about it. Thought it was kind of strange, but didn't say anything. Wednesday night, preacher says, we got soul winning visitation tomorrow night. Guess what he did? He hasn't been saved a week. He goes to soul winning visitation on Thursday night. Listen, right at this point, Brother Kevin, I don't think he really could take a Bible and show people how to get saved. But I'll tell you what he couldn't do. He could say, let me tell you what happened to me. He shows up to church Thursday night, pulls in the parking lot. There's no cars there except the preacher's. And dad said his first thought was, they must not heard it. They must have thought it was a different night. He goes in, he's talking with the preacher, and the preacher said, well, I guess it's time to go. He said, where are all the people? He said, well, I guess it's just you and me, Steve. He said, okay. You know what? He kept going to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He kept going to visitation on Thursday night. Why? Because somebody opened the Bible and said, this is what you ought to do. And he just believed it. 
Can you believe that? Now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. As we stand together, let me ask you this. Everybody stand up. Let me ask you this. How different would your life be? I want you to think about it. How different would your life be if you just believed everything this book said? How different would my life be if when I just, if I heard it, if I read it, if I studied it, if someone showed me, this is what the Bible says. How much would my life change? How much would your life change? Listen, you say, preacher, we're here on a Sunday morning. I'm not browbeating you. I'm just saying we need to get back to believing the book and have a spirit of faith in the word of God that God knows what he's talking about. And when it comes to our lives and our future and our families and our, and our finances and everything, every area of life, God knows what he's talking about. You know what faithful preachers do? And you got faithful preachers here. They just open up the book and tell you what God says. You know what that means? If you got a problem with it, it, you don't have a problem with the preacher. You got a problem with God. Amen. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be real. We want God to work and move in these days. Let's not just go through the motions this week. Let's say, hey, God, show me from your word and I'll do it. I'll just have the spirit of faith like Caleb said that had, and he just said, listen, this is what God said, guys. Look back. Has God ever said anything wrong? Has God ever been mistaken? Was God wrong about the blood of the lamb? Was God wrong about the Red Sea? Was God wrong about the provision in the wilderness? Was God wrong about the promised land? God's never been wrong. Why don't we just trust him? Heavenly Father, bless your word to our hearts. And Lord, may we be a blessing to you by just simply taking you at your word. It's impossible for you to lie. Why would we doubt you? The old song says, now. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.